and welcome to mini episode 224 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have three spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from the 20th of October 2022. And story number one comes from Varsha. My acquaintance, whom I shall call Peru, in this story is a cheerful and rational woman. She has had this ability to sense something bad is going to happen, but her family would dismiss her. Until she had the same feeling associated to her father, who was sick and passed away shortly after. Now her family thinks she has this weird heightened sensitivity to such things. Also, there is a room in her newly built house that nobody sleeps in because one gets very scary nightmares or episodes of sleep paralysis in it. This is attributed to the room having Vastu Dosha, something that is believed to bring bad luck or negative energy in one's environment. It is a part of the Indian system of Vastu Shastra. That room remains unused because Peru had a bad experience in it once because of her heightened sensitivity. Peru got a teaching job at a school earlier this year that is considerably far from her home to commute daily. So she searched for a place to stay and found a convent hostel near her school. The convent is old and has a dozen women staying there along with a few nuns running that place. Peru was well adjusted and comfortable in her room and made friends quickly. On the weekends, she would go home to be with her mother. A few months ago, however, Peru was not able to go home and was a little upset about it. At night, at around 11pm, she went to the washroom, which is at the end of the corridor her room was in. She was humming a song and just when she was going to open the door to the washroom, something made her look out of the window nearby. Nothing obstructed the view of the sky from this window. However, this day it was not so, and it ended up in Peru being afraid to go alone to the washroom at night for weeks. Peru saw a translucent, disfigured, grey face looking at her. She was taken aback by it. Her mind tried to rationalise what she was seeing, but it couldn't. She was on the first floor. No one could have stood there looking inside through the window because there was no tree nearby the window nor a sunshade to stand on and she could also see the sky through that fence. While her heart pumped adrenaline into her arteries she remained paralysed in fear. The disfigured face started to grin at her as if it realised she could see it. She tore her eyes away from that ghastly face to her feet that failed to move. She wanted to run but also wanted to go inside the washroom now more than ever. She phoned her friend, who came to her in seconds. Without telling her what she saw, Peru asked her friend to look at the window. Her friend, who was holding Peru's ice-cold hands, didn't see anything. Peru then mustered up the courage and glanced at the window again and saw that disfigured face grinning more viciously as it started to become more solid than before. I can see a ghost's face there. Peru's friend was still looking at the window when Peru said that and although the girl was creeped out by it, she tried to calm Peru and waited outside for her to use the washroom and both left without taking another look at the window. They went to the room of a psychology student who calmed Peru by giving the possible reasons for what had just happened. However, Peru was too afraid to go to the washroom by herself. Maybe I will get over this fear once I go home, said Peru a week after the incident. Now, however, she has gotten over that fear. She also remarked that sleep paralysis is just as bad as seeing a ghost. I think that's really interesting that Peru said that 
sleep paralysis is just as bad as seeing a ghost as somebody who has experienced both, right? So she experienced sleep paralysis in her home house and then experienced this ghostly, grey, disfigured face apparition in this convent that she was staying in, this convent hostel. And because people, I think, often dismiss sleep paralysis, they sort of go, oh, it's just sleep paralysis. And while sleep paralysis obviously has a psychological explanation, it's still terrifying. It's still something that is happening to somebody that is profoundly frightening. You are frozen. You can't move. You're seeing things. Yes, there's a rational explanation, but that doesn't really make it less terrifying for people. And it's interesting to hear somebody compare the two things and say, actually, sleep paralysis is just as terrifying as seeing a ghost in real life. I wonder if what Peru was seeing was due to her heightened sensitivity. So she obviously could sense that bad things were going to happen, etc, etc. We've talked about that a bazillion times on the podcast, how some people just have a better intuition than others. But maybe this intuition, whatever it was, allowed her to see things that other people couldn't see. Who knows? And I really think that this is a good friend to take her to the room of a, of a psychologist, regardless of what your beliefs are or spiritual beliefs are or whatever it is in that moment that person who has had this horrifying experience needs to be spoken to and calmed down and made to feel like they're safe and not like they're in this terrible place of fear where something bad is going to happen so what what a good response to that and story number two comes from anonymous i'm from the indian state of kerala I belong to a close-knit community of Telugu speakers and we have a temple with the prime deity being Muthumari Aman, the goddess of rain, of whom I am a deep devotee. There are a lot of stories about the goddess granting wishes and appearing in dreams. Do I believe in such stories? Not 100% back then, but after my childhood experience things surely have changed. I was seven or eight years old at the time and for some reason my parents were not at home and my aunt was babysitting. It was somewhere around 3am when I woke up to go to the washroom. My aunt was sleeping beside me and my younger brother. I didn't want to wake them up so I went alone to the washroom. Yeah, I had nerves of steel even at that age. As I was walking back to the bedroom I heard the faint sound of anklets. In Indian cinemas, hearing the sound of anklets or female laughter at an odd hour in sinister places or in darkness is associated with the blood-sucking yukshis. So I ran to wake up my aunt because I was terrified. All the while the anklets grew louder and louder. My aunt did wake up and I told her I heard anklets and maybe a yukshi is out there. My aunt perked her ears up for five seconds. She didn't hear anything, but I insisted. It must be Muthumari, a man on the way to her temple. Don't worry and go to bed, said my aunt groggily, and fell back to sleep immediately. I climbed back into bed, but I couldn't sleep as the sound of the anklets was clear as day for me. It is believed that the goddess during night at particular time would come out of the temple she resides in and walk a specific path that loops back to the temple. From childhood I have heard stories of people hearing anklets at night and going to inspect it only to end up fainting or being mind blown to an excited state upon seeing the goddess in her brilliant form walking that path. The goddess's path was believed to include the street around my house. 
such that she will pass my front gate. Were these stories true? If my aunt was right, then I was going to find out for myself, I decided. Without making a sound, I got off the bed and tiptoed to the front door. The sound of anklets grew louder and louder as I realised it had reached very near to my house. The only other thing I could hear was my heavy breathing. The windows were made of wood and very difficult to open so that was not an option. That left the main door into our house which I could easily open from inside. In the darkness I crouched next to the door and unbolted it. The anklets tingled like thunder and so did my heartbeat. I wrapped my fingers around the door handle. I was going to see a god. I heard the anklets turning the corner into the street in front of my house. This was the moment. What would I see on the other side? I pulled the handle down. Immediately the feet wearing the anklets stopped right in front of my house. It was like the wearer of the anklets knew that I was there on the other side of the door to get a peek. I was petrified I couldn't push the door open. My heart was going to explode and yet I wanted to open the door, see the goddess that I was so devoted to. Would I faint if I saw her? Would she be like, as they say, a tall, ethereal beauty, gilded in precious jewels and stones, draping the finest silk sari, radiating godly light like the portraits of Hindu goddesses? The image gave me goosebumps. But then I thought, what if it's a yukshi? What if it tries to kill me? Would I be able to handle myself in either of these cases? I didn't think so. I took my hand off the handle. I was not ready. Yet. I bolted the door and went back to bed. I heard the anklets walking away as I fell asleep. The next day I told my aunt, and she believed me and so did the community. I must say the temple folks personally invited me for all the festivities because of the experiences I have had over the years with Muthu Mari, a man, coming in my dreams and even when I am awake telling me something is going to happen before it happens, but no, I haven't seen her in God form. Once when I was at my home, simply sitting when Muthu Mari, a man, seemed to tell me, why don't you feed the cats? I didn't know what it meant then. Later that day, my mother said my great uncle had passed away and our family was going to his house. While she was talking about his family, she also mentioned that his pet cats were alone and had nobody to feed them. I don't know if you've ever come across such a story and I know it is really hard to believe everything I have said. Trust me, I am a sceptic about the supernatural and the paranormal, but things have happened to me that make me think otherwise. Generally, because just purely because of the fact that this is an English-speaking podcast that is based in the UK, my biggest audience is in America and then the UK, we tend to often get stories that are really centred around um, English Christian and American Christian ideals about God and the afterlife etc 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 and I love hearing stories from other religions other faiths other cultures about gods goddesses deities the paranormal because it's all different perspectives and it's so good to hear different perspectives and different cultures and different cultures approaches to the paranormal and different cultures approaches to religion too it's really really important to hear that wide variety of stories and I love it when we get stories like this I've been looking up Muthu marry a man and I hope I said that right I know that you thank 
you anonymous because you very helpfully put phonetic pronunciations for for things in your story but sometimes I don't put the emphasis on the right letters or I don't understand how in different languages the letters might sound differently so I apologize if I did get it wrong I I really do think the sound of jingling anklets somewhere where they're not supposed to be like if you were somewhere in the dark alone at night time and you heard jingling anklets let me tell you, I that would scare the living bejesus out of me. And of course, you know, if you're raised in a particular faith and you have been raised to believe that the goddess does this nightly walk and you hear her anklets, but you're also raised to believe that there are these yukshis who will mimic these sounds and who are incredibly dangerous, you're going to be pretty conflicted about whether or not to open that door. But I think you probably made the right decision not to open open the door. I think either way, if I open the door, there's a yukshi there. I'm dropping down dead. I open the door and there's this big, beautiful goddess there. I'm dropping down dead. You know what I mean? And again, we have another story about somebody who has this knowing, this intuition. Now, obviously, in this instance, the gift of knowing comes from Muthu Mariaman. But we've had a lot of stories lately about people having the gift of knowing or this discernment or this strong intuition, whatever you want to call it. And it just goes to show it's cross-cultural. It's all over the world. People people have different versions of this wherever you are. And story number three comes from Nancy. The first story is when I stayed at an old hotel for a work conference. I live in Colorado and this hotel is over 100 years old in a town that was established for its hot springs and as a railroad stop. At these work conferences, I usually requested my own room because I just feel more comfortable on my own and I don't drink so I didn't stay up late like most of my colleagues. I went to bed listening to most of them drinking and socialising in the courtyard below my window. I fell asleep pretty quickly and I awoke at around two in the morning with what sounded like the hallway outside of my room full of people talking. My first thought was, why is everyone up so late and why are they in the hallway? Then I heard what sounded like two men with strong Scottish accents outside my door. I could not decipher what they were saying, but it was very loud. I was terrified and did not sleep the rest of the night. The next morning, one of my colleagues asked me how I'd slept. It was the way she asked it that made me look at her and say, Not great, how about you? She said she had not, and when I told her what I heard, she said she had heard the same thing. This was the first of three nights in that hotel and I think I got about three hours sleep the entire stay. I had roommates at future conferences. Another time I had a paranormal experience when I was visiting an antique thrift store. Not exclusively antiques, but a lot of used furniture and other things for sale in this large building that used to be the roller rink I went to as a kid. I was strolling around the store looking at all the interesting furniture and knickknacks they sell when I walked by an old man who was very tall, dressed very nicely and leaning down towards this tall wooden wardrobe. You know how you see something out of the corner of your eye and you just don't take much notice? But then you realise something isn't quite right about it. Well, that was how I felt. I stopped and walked back to where I had seen him and there was no one there. I quickly walked around the store but could not see this man anywhere. I realised that this man was there, but not there. 
I had goosebumps and thought that the wardrobe must have meant a lot to him to visit it. Maybe he was upset that his family gave it up. One day, my ex and I were taking a drive up a mountain road. I saw an interesting geological formation and asked him to pull over because there was a turn-off right there. We got out and I walked over to look at the layers of strata I had found interesting from the car. In the rocks was a little memorial to someone who had passed. A god's eye, two twigs with yarn wrapped around them in the shape of a diamond that were popular in the 70s, and a few words about the man who had died written on a rock. As I turned to go back to the car, I noted a bicycle rider going up the hill. I didn't think much of it since bike riders are very common on our mountain roads. We got in and headed up the road. I said to my then husband, look out for the bike rider, since it hadn't been more than a minute or two since I'd seen him. We drove and we did not see anyone, and there was nowhere he could have gotten off the road. I realised the man I saw was dressed in jeans and was riding a bike that was a common 10-speed bike from the 70s. Not like the bike riders you'd see today. I'd seen the man the memorial was for. My next story happened to my ex-husband. He worked in the next town and would often take the back roads home to avoid the traffic. The small community west of our city has a small old graveyard that sits right next to the road. One day he came home and said he was driving by this graveyard and saw a backhoe digging a new hole for a grave and that he saw a woman sitting on the headstone right next to where the backhoe was digging. It didn't take me long to realise what he had seen. I told him he had seen a ghost and that there would be no way a backhoe would be digging right next to an elderly woman and especially one who was sitting on a headstone. I mean, who sits on a headstone in the first place? We went out that way to walk at a favourite natural area that evening and so stopped by the graveyard to take a look. I was secretly hoping I would see the woman. We walked to the site where he had seen the work being done. The headstone was one of those that has two names on it, like the ones you buy for a husband and wife. The husband had obviously died first many years earlier. Her name was engraved on it, but the death date had not yet been added. I took a few photos and we went home. That night, I looked at the obituaries online and found the woman's name. There was a photo on the old obituary column, and when I showed it to my ex, he exclaimed, That's her! Nancy, what a great collection of little stories. I think hotels are weird conduits for energy. You always hear stories about hotels, and you often hear stories about these kind of group sightings or people who hear these groups, like hear people partying or drinking or having a good time so I wonder if it's like an energy thing where it was such good energy at the time or even such bad energy at the time you don't know that the hotel is like regurgitating it I don't know I also imagine hotels as like being one big living breathing entity hotels are weird liminal spaces they're weird places and we just had a conversation on last week's main episode about objects being haunted is it possible that an object like a wardrobe, for example, can have such a pull for a soul or a spirit or whatever you want to call it that they get attached to it or that it has this energy. I mean, everything has energy, right? That's that's pretty factual that everything has some sort of energy. So is it possible that that wardrobe, that old man remained connected to that wardrobe? Or maybe that old man was just haunting that place and he just happened to be looking at that wardrobe. 
I love those um almost like phantom hitchhiker like stories where somebody sees somebody where somebody's meant to have died on that stretch of road, you know. I think they are so they're they're another example of stories that are so universal. They happen all over the world in loads of different forms, whether it's the woman in the white dress, whether it's a a man that people see or like this instance whether it's somebody cycling their bike and I don't again we're it's back to this idea of energy like if somebody dies suddenly on a roadside whether they're you know in an accident or whatever that amount of energy where does it where does it go maybe it leaves an indelible mark on that place maybe they're they relive that moment over and over again who knows imagine those sitting watching your own grave being dug I think it's kind of a vibe. I think it's kind of a big, a big dick energy flex, to be honest, to sit and watch your own grave being dug. I want to do that and I want to judge the way my grave is being dug. I want to judge the way my I look in the coffin, you know. I'm going to leave very specific instructions about what I want to wear in the coffin and how I want to be buried, etc. I would advise anybody listening to do the same thing. Leave specific instructions. Makes things easier for the people who who are left alive, you know. Just... Leave really specific instructions and let me know what they are, please. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you to Varsha, Anonymous and Nancy for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 20th of October, 2022. And if you would like to send in your story, you can email it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free and on that note I shall see you next time